0: Hi folks, welcome to episode 2 of Break the Cycle Podcast. Thank you so much for your feedback on the first episode. Uh, Today I'm joined by a very dear friend and colleague. Um, I would like to introduce Zoya Vahi. She's the founder of Asli, a brand that deals in sustainable fashion. And she's been a communications professional for about...
1: Eight,
0: nine years. Eight, nine years. Awesome. (laughs) Hey,
1: Zoe! Hello, hello, hi. <laughs> hello, namaste.
0: Hello, namaste. <laughs> right. So, uh, Zoe, I'm going to start off right off the bat. Um, what do you understand when you hear break the cycle? Uh,
1: well, the first thought that comes to mind is my dad laughing at me and being like, you really should buy a cycle that can deal with your work. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> That like right off the bat, <laughs> but uh, this is a podcast, so you can't see me, so you don't know why that's funny. <laughs> I'm big, but uh, okay. Well, bre- <laughs> you know we're keeping this one. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We should totally keep it. Uh, all right. But uh, break the cycle, no man. Just like shake things up once in a while. Do things differently. Do things that scare the shit out of you.
0: You wanna elaborate a little
1: bit? Uh, on doing things that scare the shit out of you Yeah. I'm great at it Oh okay. I jump into things with very little research <laughs> and by things I also mean people oh, <laughs> everything
0: oh boy that's so, yeah yeah it's fun
1: <laughs> I I don't think it's for everyone I mm-hmm. mean there are better ways to do it what's the
0: scariest thing you've done without research okay what are, I, the, what are the top three <laughs> let's go with top well, three uh <laughs>
1: No, I'm, okay, honestly, the scariest thing I've done without, okay, it wasn't without research, but not enough understanding of the sort of implication of what I was doing was right. to start a business. Oh. Because I was like, business, paisa, <laughs> amazed. <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. You have to work in between. <laughs> so, uh, I should have done a little bit more sort of like talking to people. I have mm. no regrets. None. All right. None That's at awesome. all. I feel like when I overthink things, I don't do them. So, yeah. That so is true. Th- this, this strategy works for me. It doesn't work for everybody, but it works for me.
0: Uh, how long have you been, uh, w- like, how long has Asli been a project that you've worked on?
1: Uh, so, Asli, I'm, I'm actually co-founder. Okay. I have another friend uh, and founder who we both work together. Mm-hmm. It's been in the works from inception till now for about two years.
2: Oh, awesome.
1: But uh, since, I mean, a long long time of it was just planning in terms of what it is that we want to do, fleshing out the idea of, you know, where we see it going, Mm -hmm. a lot of paperwork Mm -hmm. that goes into it, raising some money Mm -hmm. to start because it is an investment-heavy sort of space to be in. Yeah. So, yeah, two years, but uh, since we've, like, actually been selling, retailing, talking to people about, I would say about roughly a year. Okay. For that. Mm -hmm. So... Two years. What led all.
0: to you coming up with... Because, I mean, uh, I know there's a lot of talk about sustainable fashion currently and forgive my ignorance, I've only come across it for about a year now. Rather mm-hmm. paid attention for a year now. Uh, but, yeah, what led you to move into that space specifically?
1: So, I think it was just the... We we happened to be at the right place at the right time mm-hmm. in terms of even, uh, like, uh, Nitij and I, who is my partner, just us coming together with the idea. Right. I am someone who's always been interested in, um, well, more so climate change mm-hmm. than anything else in the impact of the climate crisis that we will soon feel Australia's feeling it. Right. If you haven't heard, you really should mm-hmm. uh, find out more about that situation and how bad it's gotten. Yeah. Um, I've always been sort of conscious of, and I, I mean, I claim by no means to be any sort of eco-warrior mm-hmm. and that's not my lifestyle and uh, it, ne- it hasn't been from the beginning but it has been something that's always played on my mind in the sense that this is this is a huge issue which has been created by many people together right and at some level at this point it cannot be combated by just the people it requires serious policy action and
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, law enforcement um, across the globe mm-hmm. But it is something that, that can have a really impactful start from like every person coming together to just educate themselves, do whatever little they can, and then um, demand policy change. Mm-hmm. So, so well, that was a space of interest for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always been interested in like fashion, lifestyle, right. styling, things mm-hmm. like that. I mean, one of the interesting things that happens when you don't fit into the regular mold of societies is that you have to make your own sort of way <laughs> around and uh, especially when it comes to like fashion dressing styling right so you have to figure out what works so it's been it's always been interesting fascinating i've always wanted to sort of be in the lifestyle space and
2: uh-huh.
1: it just happened to work <clears throat> Nitaj is a policy person and his interest is climate policy oh awesome yeah and uh well asli was born but chance, because we happened to kind of discuss all of these things together, right? And then we realized uh, how there are a lot of local, locally produced, ethically sourced, sustainably sort of manufactured um, fabrics that are available, right? Which people don't know enough about. Mm-hmm. So there is obviously a dearth of consumption. So and uh, we found th- found out more about that because at that point of time Nitish was living in uh, nepal okay and i happened to visit him all right and uh, the idea was actually born out of post the nepal earthquake oh where the initial idea was to do some sort of rehabilitation work okay but not in terms of just donation right uh, reemployment because it's longer impact it's it's uh-huh. better for the economy and especially reemployment of women because right, yeah. they're often the hardest hit in this sort of circumstance. Mm-hmm. And then, so then we came across, like, you know, if could we buy something mm-hmm. and then sell it further and buy it at a fair price and, you know, right make sure everyone gets their due. And then if we were to do that, what would it be? Because um, we do care about responsible consumption. Mm-hmm. So, as if you see the things that we have, uh, we have a very limited capsule collection. We don't expect people to buy Twenty five things in one checkout. Right. We don't think anyone should buy like that. Consumption mm-hmm. has to be responsible. Mm-hmm. Economies have to move to be more circular. Yeah. And that's the only way we'll sort of move forward with any sort of climate impact. So right. it was a it was actually a bunch of things happening and it just happened to all be at the sort of right time, right space, mm-hmm. right sort of thought process and
2: yeah.
1: we luckily happened to be two people who were thinking very alike. <laughs> so Awesome! It worked out. Yay!
0: Yay. <laughs> I re- <laughs> there's there's an interesting thing point that you brought up <laughs> about uh, about consumption specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I noticed that we are, and again, I've just started paying attention now, and I'm not afraid to admit that, at least now, um, that we do have. I think we've been conditioned to acquire and consume. Yeah. But without. Really giving it much thought.
1: <laughs> well, you know who to blame—capitalism. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yay! Yeah.
0: Uh, no. So specifically uh, on that front, so could you elaborate more on, say, sustainable fashion? How is it different? What are the consumption patterns that we're talking about here? Because I believe that I mean, when it comes to specifically from from uh, an acquiring of clothes. Hmm perspective uh, i couldn't think of a fancier sentence but anyway mm-hmm. uh we uh we go to a sh- we we typically buy because brand as yeah. opposed to material or look and feel
1: well it depends you know there are different sort of triggers mm-hmm. some people buy because brand and i oh i just want to own a zara coat right right a lot of people buy like that a lot of people just buy because it's so cheap i couldn't let it go Mm-hmm. Right. There are yeah. there are ma- many different sort of motivations and triggers mm-hmm. to buy. Um. Uh, by no means am I an expert in sustainable fashion yet. Right. This is a very. It's a huge space, and I have very limited understanding. And mm-hmm. uh, I have no shame in admitting that I'm learning along the way and willing to change and adapt and, mm-hmm. you know, grow yeah. in terms of whatever is will lead to a more planet positive sort of approach and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But uh, so the whole idea for us at Asli, at least for in terms of sustainable fashion, is that think this, think the whole supply chain to consumption, like the whole cycle through. Mm -hmm. Is it produced in a way that does minimal sort of harm and impact to the resources that are being consumed? Mm -hmm. So for example, uh, we are trying very hard to move away from things that use cotton. Even though a lot of our... uh, Sort of fabrics are cotton blends to make them more wearable, comfortable, Mm -hmm. uh, longer lasting. That The attempt is to move further and further away from cotton.
2: Because Mm -hmm. while
1: people say organic cotton is really good and it's sustainable and Mm -hmm. all of that, sure, organic cotton is better than any sort of BT cotton you will get. And it doesn't use the pesticides and all, but it is one of the thirstiest plants. And we are very quickly running out of water that can be used for that irrigation. Yeah so cotton is great and it's sustainable and
0: i did not know that
1: <laughs> yeah cotton is actually a very thirsty plant so there it's so the consumption and it's also not very easily recycled like okay. if it tears if it rips mm-hmm. it shreds in a way that it's harder to sort of recycle like silk is far easier recycled oh okay again not super sustainably produced right, right? Yeah. because especially if you're an animal activist or a vegan or yeah. like you would morally be opposed to mm-hmm. consumption of silk but so cotton is a difficult sort of, uh, it's so integrated into our lifestyle also. It's also that it's it's that abuse. You find one thing and it works and then you abuse it all around the world <laughs> and you drag it to a point where it becomes unsustainable. Right. It's like milk production. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if everyone was to stop having milk when we were kids, yeah, a lot of cows would be far better off <laughs> than they are now. <laughs> I agree. You know, and I, I mean, it's, I, I'm happy to kind of learn more about this mm-hmm. subject. But uh, so sustainable, cons- sustainable fashion, sustainable consumption is essentially thinking the whole sort of cycle through.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Where is the material being produced? Mm-hmm. Is it being produced in environments that is conducive to create most minimal environmental impact? Right. So we work with hemp and bamboo, and we work mm-hmm. with the regions where hemp and bamboo grows easily. Right. Okay. So we work, uh, so if we work in the Himalayan sort of region where all of this grows, so we work with this uh, fiber called nettle. Right. Which is largely found in very high altitude mountain areas. Mm-hmm. It's uh, called, the fiber that we're working with comes from a plant called the Him- Great Himalayan stinging nettle. Okay. It's mostly found in the Nepal and Uttarakhand region. There mm-hmm. are other strains and varieties of it found around the world, but this right. particular one is found there. And it's very sustainably produced because it's it's literally a weed that grows anywhere. Okay. Right? And then you can turn it into, it's used to cook. So the oh. local communities make sag out of it. It's oh, used I did not to know make that. tea. Okay. Uh, it's used obviously to make sort of apparel, fiber. Uh-huh. It you it's used to make rope. Okay. So it's so so it's something that's very easily available. Mm-hmm. It's easy to treat. Right. It grows in abundance. Mm-hmm. So you do need to get rid of it. Yeah. And then you can use it in multiple different ways. Okay. And that's the production part of it. And then consu- sustainable consumption also means slow consumption mm-hmm. and being conscious of your buying decision.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so we're not we don't want you to buy 10,000 things from us we don't even sell 10,000 things right we sell 3 things 4 things that one person could possibly acquire as of now buy them use them till they are done to death Uh
2: yeah
1: right and if the quality is shit we would be happy to address that Mm -hmm. but uh Think about how you can reuse. Think about how you can recycle. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, We haven't figured it out yet, but there are also brands that are now getting into the space of sort of circular consumption where you buy something from them and then you exchange it with them. Oh. So it goes back into the same ecosystem and it gets refurbished and reused. Mm -hmm. right? A lot of our, like, uh, I remember when we were growing up, a lot of our stuff used to be hand-me-downs. Yeah, yeah. We just like lived on hand me downs, obviously. Pretty for, much. My sister lived on my hand me downs because I was bigger than her. <laughs> <always>. <laughs> but you know <laughs> you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I was yeah. Right. So <laughs> we
1: lived on hand me downs, but I don't hear of that anymore, at, anymore. Yeah. It's very rare. We've and uh, from what I know of and talk to people, we've gone into this culture of sort of use and throw mm-hmm. which which is which seems to be far more western than what we at least grew up with, right? For us, even if an electrical appliance wasn't working. Mm -hmm. Like, I know people, including my own father, who would save a fused light bulb
2: because they might
1: be able to do something with it someday, turn it into, like, a flower holder or, like, something. Something that you
0: can... So we've never,
1: um, I mean, at least from whatever limited exposure I have, I haven't seen a culture which is very use and throw and very, like, use, throw and buy something new immediately.
0: Right. You think that's because we've just become... uh... I don't know. Things have just become more easier, easy to acquire. Like the buying capacity is increased or something
1: like that. Um, I honestly don't know mm-hmm. if that I, I I would attribute it to that. It's also maybe we live in our own privilege, right? So for right. us, things are easier to acquire because yeah. we're part of that sort of generation that saw the financial boom, and mm-hmm. our parents did well, and we have the money yeah. acquired. So I don't know if that is entirely the cause. Mm-hmm. I think people are just selling more as well, right? Yeah, like there yeah. is, marketing has never been as crazy as it used to be. It's never, it's yeah. insane. Like from diet pills to gummy bear hair vitamins to oh, like, Lordy. yeah. Ev- like what is it that you can't buy? <laughs> I can go on the dark web and literally buy an axe murderer. What <laughs> that know anything about this or I'm like going to ever do that just disclaimer (laughs) but like literally yeah we're all the same people folks yeah yeah what can't you buy you can buy anything yeah right so it's access it's this overload of information Mm -hmm. I think it's just cultural change over a period of time of like maybe so that's the thing I've recently come to realize the joy of sort of making things Mm -hmm. and that also includes mending things
2: uh-huh.
1: And, uh huh, and I think a lot of us don't do that anymore. Yeah,
0: we're just like, oh, it's broken. let Yeah, throw it out.
1: Yeah, so uh, so that that for me has been an interesting sort of shift in my own headspace and right breaking the cycle of <laughs> buying things. I was quite a I was quite an hardcore like shop shopping person and and never yeah. never something significant. It would be little little things like right. a phone cover.
2: Okay. Or like, you know,
1: yeah. a, a t-shirt, but something every sort of week.
0: A week? Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay.
1: uh, I mean, I would go on these like AliExpress and stuff and just be like, oh, yeah. wow, $1 <laughs> phone cover, let's buy three. <laughs> Nobody needs three phone covers. Nobody. Nobody. And uh, it's so liberating once you realize you can live with less. Uh I think it's a very, like, it's a very shady, I'm such a princess, Mary Kondo thing to say. But, <laughs> but it is, it generally is. When you realize that you can live with less, yeah. it just gives you more space to play. Yeah, there's, there's so, this
0: whole thing of uh, minimalism doing rounds, like a minimalist lifestyle doing rounds now, where they're, like, a lot of people are getting rid of, you have a big house, you just go to what you require, as opposed to what you just, you know, like, those what displays yeah. of grandeur, in a way.
1: Yeah, but I also feel like, <laughs> I really hope it isn't, but it to me, it also feels a little bit like a fad. Mm-hmm. You know, like at one point of time, everyone wanted crystal in their house. And uh, everyone had yeah. cut glass and crystal and <laughs> all of these, uh, those really expensive ceramic uh Yeah, things, the, st- the show pieces. Show pieces and this- yeah. And now everyone's like, I don't want to own any crystal ever. <laughs> 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 Everything's so minimal. Uh huh. And, uh, I honestly like minimal because I am literally like a bull in a China shop. <laughs> so, I break things. <laughs> minimal is great for me. No, so, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's... it's. So, I realized this time, this winter, I didn't open my box bed at all. I have two suitcases full of clothes for right. winter that I packed away last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell is in those boxes. I haven't had the need to open them. We're sitting in January. Wow. I'm just going to give away those two whole suitcase. like if, if I haven't touched it in a year, year and a half, yeah, yeah, I don't it really either. doesn't hold meaning for me, you know, yeah. so why, <laughs> why am I collecting garbage, <laughs> well, oh also it's not garbage, it can be recycled, <laughs> so I'm not going to throw it away, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a PSA folks, yeah
1: PSA, <laughs> I recently, it was so heartwarming, recently I saw this, uh, not well friends slash acquaintance sort of someone I've known earlier put up this post on Facebook saying hey so I'm in Pune if anyone has uh, jeans in the size of like waist size this to this uh, would you mind giving them to me if you're done wearing them wow and I was like my first thought was like why is this person like is she okay does she need help like a job or something (laughs) that was my first immediate thought that because I knew, like, she's taking time off and is on a sabbatical and just mm-hmm. doing her own thing. Yeah. And I was like, okay, does she need help? Because I'm happy to sort of, yeah. you know, help with work or money or whatever it is. And then I was like, no, this person just, like, is living wor- the things that I'm just talking about. I'm like, I don't but, like, you know, you know what I mean? And there were so many people on that post who were like, this is so great. Uhhuh. Take three from me. Whoa. And ultimately, like, she had to put up a posting, guys. I don't, I like, I'm one person. <laughs> wow. I have two pairs of jeans will get me through a year. So, <laughs> thank you. But, like, let's start this exchange between all of us. Yeah. And, you know, let's see if we can just trade wardrobes. And it was Man, lovely. A, it was brilliant.
0: That's a beautiful way to go about yeah. this. You, so, think we want, you think we want to start that around our circle at some point?
1: Yeah, a lot of people, it's it's a major thing that's growing. A lot of people have tr- started this whole concept of like just swapping things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are uh, These are swapping parties of a whole different kind uh, than what yeah. we have previously been <laughs> acquainted with. <laughs> where you just show up with your stuff and you right. just trade it for other stuff or give it away. Like mm-hmm. earrings you're not wearing or clothes that you haven't touched in a year or just things you don't want and someone else might. Wow. So it's happening. A lot of mm. it is happening. And like I was saying, there are brands who are also kind of getting in on this, where mm-hmm. they're like, okay, you bring us this and we'll refurbish it, right. yeah. sell it further, or give it away.
2: That's so, awesome. Yeah.
1: That's circularity, which, which is like the last piece in the sort of puzzle of sustainability, mm-hmm. because you cannot be sustainable if you don't slow down consumption. Right. Like consumption in its purest form, the way we're used to it, will never let us be sustainable. Yeah. So,
0: constantly acquiring.
1: Yeah. Buy less, buy smarter, mm-hmm. buy things that you will really like and enjoy and will work for you, and then figure out a way to make them last, whether it's for yourself or someone else or mm-hmm. in some other shape or form.
0: There, folks, make a conscious decision. <laughs> yeah. I can't stress that enough. Uh, Thanks for that, Zoe. Uh, Okay, now I want to move into uh, something a little more personal.
3: Mm.
0: Because we've spoken about breaking the cycle in general, but let's talk about the cycles you've broken, if you're okay with that.
1: The cycles I've broken. Mm
0: -hmm. And I don't mean the ones that your dad was referring (laughs) to. Well, those are so far just been
2: chairs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then.
1: The cycles that I've broken, metaphorically. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm uh, on the path to break the cycle of uh, intense self-loathing. Whoa! It's taken me a lot of uh, work and effort. It still does, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think that's a cycle. I'm closer than well to changing, maybe not breaking just yet, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. So um,
0: self-loathing.
1: It comes from a. It comes from a. The humor is, as I'm told by my therapist, to shield. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, so, uh, you know how it is. Everyone has their sort of weird headspace to deal with. And mine yeah. is this constant feeling of just not, never being good enough for myself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I decided to just be nicer and mm-hmm. kinder mm-hmm. to myself. And uh, that's a really sort of, I'm realizing, a hard cycle to break to kind of go get out of this headspace of if you wouldn't have done this, then this wouldn't have happened. Because, no, I mean, if I, I don't hold anyone else to as nasty a standard. Oh, boy. So it's an interesting space. <laughs> um, which has also helped me the, break the cycle of serial dating. Serial so dating. Uh, yeah, man. Oh man! It's, All uh, right. I'm uh take. Okay, I don't think I should. I, I I'm not taking a break right now. I was <laughs> till, like, two days ago. <laughs> I was taking a break till, two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. But uh, yeah, right. I went through this like intense phase of just like meeting men after men for validation, mm-hmm. and uh, it doesn't work. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> you gotta like yourself. Yeah. So, that's been a journey. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's been interesting. It's fun. I met some really nice people, though. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not nice enough, obviously. But yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> I want to talk about that, uh, the previous bit, for a second. Um, so, I had a similar experience hmm. when it came to self-loathing. And, um, that obviously is something that led to me discovering the things that we're all, we're all literally talking about now, which is the whole, uh, notion of self-love and self-care mm. and things of that sort. Um, where has that kind of, I mean, how far or how much of it do you think that you're kind of looking into?
1: Mm, I I don't know how to sort of quantify or qualify it. Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> I'm beginning to identify patterns mm-hmm. of behavior yeah. and try and change them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if that qualifies as self-care, then sure, I'm super invested in self-care. <laughs> 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 but uh, uh, I don't know, honestly. I, it's not something I it's it's something I very recently started consciously thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know how I see myself dealing with this in even the next like two months. Right. But I think I have to, I, the, the one thing that I do is I keep reminding myself that I have to be nicer to myself. Mm-hmm. And that I'm allowed to make mistakes and that doesn't make me the worst sort of person who's going to end up being a complete and total failure. <laughs> You know, yeah, just everyday things. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I do simple things like um, I paint. Mm-hmm. I've never picked up a paintbrush in my life. Like I'm 30. I've never picked up a paintbrush in my life for the last 29 years.
2: Whoa.
1: I always wanted to. I always thought I sh- I want to have some fun with paints. I never knew what I wanted to do. And then one day I was just like, I'm going to try I can afford paints (laughs) and then I can afford to waste them without anyone ever finding out. And so I I decided to start doing that and Uh it's amazingly therapeutic Hmm. because uh, I think that's the one thing that I do, which I don't do for anybody else. Like I don't do it for any validation. I don't Hmm. even show it to anyone usually. Mm -hmm. I don't.
0: Yeah, you never brought up the whole painting bit.
1: Yeah, I don't talk about it really because it's for no one other than me. Yeah. And that kind of helped me just be like, if this is an ugly picture, it's fine. Because no one other than me is judging. And Mm -hmm. then I had to work really hard on not judging. Judging. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was like, it's ugly. But I'm not, like, I'm not Picasso. So it can be. And I mean, quite frankly, have you seen Picassos? (laughs) Like, I know I'm shit, but a lot of people out there are much worse.
4: (laughs)
0: Damn. So. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, so yeah. Uh,
1: the SAS helps me <laughs> get a, get by. You know, does my SAS look big in this?
0: Uh, oh, okay then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm glad that uh, at least the SAS didn't come in the way of the vulnerability, <laughs> which leads me to the next point. Like, how comfortable? I mean, it's a <laughs> stupid question because you're on a podcast and you're talking about this. But how, like, what are your views on vulnerability? Because I've had a lot of interactions with people where everyone views being vulnerable as a sign of weakness
3: Mm.
0: and they're just like, no, 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 I, I mean, I understand protecting yourself Mm. and protecting your, your space and everything, but, um, you kind of, that, that wall just builds up in front of everyone and you're like, I don't want to be vulnerable because I got, you know, didn't have a good experience with it.
1: I'm just too stupid emotional to like keep that wall up for very yeah, long yikes. i pretend <laughs> <laughs> so much <laughs> i pretend that i'm such a hero and nothing bothers me and i'm so like i'm the cool girl but you are <laughs> literally no so uh i'm i'm uh I'm beginning to realize that it's so much effort to keep a face on mm-hmm. and I have done it for so many years mm-hmm. just to keep this face on of being completely unaffected mm-hmm. by things mm-hmm. and don't don't get me wrong it's great it's really worked out super well <laughs> for me <laughs> it's been great uh-huh. till now uh-huh. but it's so fucking tiring can i say fucking of course sorry please it's so tiring, dude. I don't, I want to spend my energy on being creative and being happy and being playful and just being mad. And I don't want to spend my energy on being guarded.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's not to say I've changed very much. <laughs> but at least I have the realization now. Yeah. And,
3: uh, Hey, that's a step, man.
1: It's a step. Yeah. Yeah, it's a process. Mm-hmm. I'm still, um, I'm still pretty guarded in front of most people mm-hmm. um i think it's also uh, for me being a woman in a professional setting right that comes with its own baggage mm-hmm. and being like i um, i did fairly well at a young age right um and it that like it requires you to have a certain sort of wall up to be taken seriously and mm-hmm. you know you can't be At least for me, I couldn't be uh, my hyper-emotional self. Right. Or hyper-sensitive self in front of most people. Because people tend to, for you it may not be weakness, but people tend to perceive it as that. And then Mm -hmm. you're trying to get by life as a woman who's a professional and has a side hustle and 10,000 things. And you're also very strong-minded about what you want. and. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole thing, the whole equation with men is like a whole different piece to navigate. Mm -hmm. So uh, I do feel vulnerability in that sort of sense takes a hit because you're trying to really just protect your own interest. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know. I suppose you have to find a balance and figure out a way to let the people you like in. Mm -hmm. It's hard.
0: (laughs) Now, you spoke about balance, and that brings me to my next question, which is... Uh, you just mentioned you're a professional and you have a side hustle Mm. with us,ly I mean, hustle. (laughs) (laughs) Professional is side hustle now. (laughs) So, yeah, I want to talk to you about that. Like, how have you, because, I mean, there's this whole, uh, you got two camps, at least the kind of people I've met. Mm. Uh, There's one side that says, no, 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 your job. Right. There's a the safety of a job, a mm. safety of being a professional. And if you, you know, you need to get into... Yes, everyone agrees you need to do something that you like doing. Mm. But, uh, you know, go for the job. Yeah. And there are other folks who... Uh, I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, then you're just an entrepreneur. Mm. And uh, slowly now I see a lot of people kind of going into side hustles as well mm. in a more open manner where uh, they're not... I mean, by a side hustle, I don't mean... Uh, and by no means am I discounting this, uh, but going into something that will be a little lighter. So, for example, hmm. yeah, and teaching I get, I is relatively, uh, yeah. teaching is relatively lighter when it comes to, um, as opposed to kind of building an entire brand.
1: Yeah, I mean, it has, depends, all of this actually depends on how much time and effort you want to commit, right? You mm-hmm. could be a full-time teacher and work from like 6 a.m. till, 6 p.m. Of course. And, yeah. and that's as intense a job as any. But it, but, Or you could do it, be a tuition teacher and do it twice a week for three mm-hmm. hours. And yeah. that's completely your choice. And then your hustle kind of depends on how much time and effort you are putting in into that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, sorry, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs>
0: how are you balancing it
1: I'm not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: <laughs> no. Okay. Well, uh, the simple answer is that I don't uh i didn't have the luxury of financial stability to Mm -hmm. do either one thing full time okay like i know a job and the prospects that it has and what it offers will Mm -hmm. satisfy me only to a certain extent Mm -hmm. which is why i wanted to try something different right for i mean personal so i feel like with asli i have somehow managed to and i hope it continues but for now i somehow feel like i have managed to bring my professional, uh, like what I want professionally and what I want as a purpose in life together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I hope it continues to be that. Mm-hmm. So I did not have the financial sort of stability to jump into it full time and be like, I'm just going to do this. Right. And I I also don't, uh, I mean, I need the job for the money. And I, I actually like my job very much. And mm-hmm. I really like the people that I work with. And I really enjoy it. And mm-hmm. So um, it's, more and more, I feel like more people are also being able to do that. And I honestly was also just able to do that because workplaces are becoming more flexible and friendly to things like that. Right. Like people know that when you do different things, your mind grows, your skill set develops, you, you're you thinking about life in a different way. Mm-hmm. And it's really amazing that employers and team members and bosses are becoming more open to that whole sort of yeah approach workplaces are more and more becoming less structured in their whole nine to five sort mm-hmm. of come sit here even if you don't have work and yeah. do just this <laughs> uh, thing. I, I, at least whatever workplaces I have had the fortune to deal with and I mean, trust me, I have no sort of qualms in admitting that I come from great privilege mm-hmm. and have some of the best bosses mm-hmm. that uh, genuinely a person could ever sort of hope to have. We both agree life. on that one. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I think that's a, at least for our sort of company and our generation of people and the kind of circles we move around. It mm-hmm. that's been a major factor where people are okay with you um, trying different things, and I think the judgment of failure is much less harsh than it would have been for our parents. Mm-hmm. I, at least I feel like there's much less judgment where if you fail. Yeah. You know. Not everything is geared to success. Some things are just geared to learning and growing, Mm -hmm. which makes it so much more fun to sort of try something new. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, uh, how I I maintain the balance by, like, actually genuinely enjoying both the things that I do.
3: Uh
1: I really like... uh, I mean, there are there are days when, I mean, you've seen me. There yeah. are just days when I want to die and murder someone all simultaneously. <laughs> you know, dark web and whatnot. Yeah. Axe murderer. Axe murderer on the dark web. <laughs> uh,
0: no, we're still not psychotic folks. No, no, yeah. it's
1: fine. Yeah. This is a joke. I've never wanted to hack someone's head off with an axe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you wanted to kick my ass though once.
4: Yeah. I did. Yeah. Almost. Almost.
1: I did. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so, uh, balance, Mm. well, one has been that, so I've had people in the team, younger people, colleagues, one year, six months into the job, come and ask me, you know, what do you do about work-life balance? Mm. And, uh, I may be one of those, like, I honestly, also, I don't think I'm the best person to take advice on mm-hmm. for this because <laughs> other parts of my life have really taken a hit right? because of the professional part of my life. But I do feel like, okay, let me go step by step. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people have come to me and asked me what I do for work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, I don't separate work and life. Right. Work is a part of life, Mm -hmm. and I really like work. I really Mm -hmm. like it, I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's never been work-life balance. It's been, like I don't know what people mean when they talk about work-life balance, because you're talking as if work isn't life. Mm -hmm. I mean, we spend literally 10 to 12 hours with the same people in the same space, five days a week, and I've been doing it week after week for like over six years now. Mm So it is life yeah. and it's pretty balanced. I I mean I have a breakfast, I have a lunch, I have my weekends, <laughs> I meet my friends. Yeah. I hang out with people I like. Uh for me it's fairly like it's not been I've had and I've had some really crazy months where I have just been working like I've gone through a full year without taking a vacation or a break.
0: Oh
4: damn.
1: But I didn't hate my life and I I and so that brings me to my second point where I do feel like I'm ba- I'm bad for this sort of advice for anyone to go by because I mm-hmm. don't think like most people my age are settled in the very traditional sense of like married and having kids and you know you know the, yeah. the traditional sort of understanding yeah, yeah. of settled. I'm not to say that I'm feeling unsettled at all, but uh, I don't think that's my purpose in life.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I wasn't born to do that. I don't think that's what. Not to say that I don't want it. Mm-hmm. Or it's not something that I've never thought about or I'm any in any way averse to that whole idea of family life. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like that's never been my idea of, like, the be-all and end-all. Right. I have bigger things. Uh, the things that are bigger for me mm-hmm. to achieve. I have a purpose to fulfill. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I feel like my satisfaction will come from a completely different sort of space mm-hmm. at this point of time in my life. And that's not to say my mind won't change at some point. Right. But uh, for me, that's balance, right? I am mm-hmm. I'm doing the thing that gives me happiness. And then everything else takes a bit of a hit. But I'm fine with that trade-off. Like I met someone uh, yesterday who basically... And someone much older mm-hmm. who basically just told me that, you know... Um, Sort, sort that part of like make make a relationship it's very it's sorry it's very unromantic and very cynical mm-hmm. and very very pragmatic but it I was told to make romance like uh food like like food yeah like so on some days you want to eat a burger right and you will yeah and that's great and on some days you will just eat roti sabzi that's at home and that's just survival right so yeah Find a partner, find someone who will just sort out that part of your life and you don't have, and put it on autopilot. <laughs> and do, and then work on what you think is greatness, uh-huh. right? Because for me, building a home and a family, uh, and by no means do I think that's not a great thing. It's just not it's what not for would you. make me yeah. feel like I'm working towards greatness. Mm-hmm. So I found that very interesting very cynical, <laughs> very, very cynical uh, advice. I probably will not take it
2: uh-huh.
1: in that form. But <laughs> it's an interesting sort of uh, way to think about yeah. whatever your purpose is and then everything else that is paraphernalia around it.
0: Mm-hmm. So centering yeah. your life around that one thing.
1: I that suppose, one purpose, essentially. Yeah, I suppose yeah. so. And And I mean, that could help achieve some semblance of balance, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Right. So that's not, I mean, it's not like an either-or. You can still do both. If you choose to.
1: Both? Like two jobs?
0: No, like the job and the... Yeah, I mean, okay. That, well, like it is practically two rela- jobs. <laughs> the it job
1: practic- and the relation?
0: Of course I think the job can. and the relationship is yeah, like a throughout like thing. But I mean, no, like the of brand course and you the... you can
1: do both. Of yeah. course. But, uh, and and I mean, there are so many... Like, literally, I've been surrounded by people who mm-hmm. who do that. Yeah. i I. Just feel like um, for me, and I think maybe this is true for everyone, at some point something will be priority Mm -hmm. and at some point something won't be. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And uh, you have to be comfortable knowing that that is your sense of balance. So like if you're having kids and you want to give up your career for that time or completely and entirely Mm -hmm. and you just want to focus on bringing up your children and that's your purpose, uh, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where you should find balance from. Yeah. Right? And if you're like me and you have, like, a minus 100 maternal instinct and you literally <laughs> cannot stand...
0: That's a lie, folks. It's... N- <laughs> hey, well, I've seen you with... I've seen I like you my with niece. The,
1: huh? <laughs> I like my niece. It's yeah. the only baby I sort of... <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, come on. I don't hate babies. I just think they were, they're nice, very, very far away from me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do you call... What do you, like, I mean... We have younger team members. You're very maternal with them.
1: I'm not maternal. I'm not... Oh, I'm not maternal. In a no way. I'm, well, I'm... In a way. Don't put me on the spot. <laughs> I'm uh, protective of people I like. But that goes without age. I'm just protective of people I yeah. like. But well, that makes uh, sense.
0: Sorry, guys. I mean, the maternal thing was just <laughs> me flying off the rocker.
1: Right. But... <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Yeah, so purpose, purpose is, and uh, and and I and honestly, it keeps changing. Uh-huh. For the longest time, I wanted to be a full-on foggy wife, Ooh. like, give up everything, go live in a jungle, Whoa. host ladies clubs. So and, I,
0: I did not see that coming.
1: Yeah, so I've done that. I mean, I've been in that headspace. I've also uh-huh. been in the headspace where I was like, I'm going to marry this other boy who has, like, I would be the youngest of, like, 13 family members or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And go into full Tulsi Virani mode and just make chai for everyone. And then, like, part of me is like, I'm going to start adding arsenic to that chai slowly, (laughs) every day. Because this is clearly not for me. So.
0: uh... (laughs) And she says she's not an axe murderer.
1: So, yeah, I, I've, uh, my purpose has changed <laughs> quite, quite a bit. I feel far more at peace now than uh, before. Hmm. So, maybe I'm doing something right. But, you know, who knows? Maybe the switch will flip in another six months and I'll just be like, Kranti mujhe. <laughs> I'm part of the revolution. Uh-huh. So, and uh, that's that, that kind of circles back to self-love where I've just decided that if that happens, I'm going to be fine with it. I mean... That's awesome. I'm going to be b- put my best foot forward towards Granthi and let's see how that goes.
0: We'll change the world.
1: Yes, comrade. <laughs> it's happening.
0: It's happening. All right, Zoe, so my second last question. Hmm. Um, where can these people find you if they want to interact with you?
1: Uh, <laughs> if you're comfortable, Shari. Oh, matana oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> go that <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of. <laughs> uh, where can they find me? I am uh, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Fairly active. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I have a public profile. Again, fairly active. You can search by my name. Mm-hmm. And uh, I should show up. Um, I'm on Facebook. I prefer not to interact with people on Facebook. Though I'm trying to kind of... I'm just bored of it. I kind of stay away from it. Right. Um... Uh, number matlab, no. i don't know how no, many people are that? listening to this podcast No, okay no and uh, honestly if it's work related or like if you want to know more more about sustainability or what how we think about it and what asli is all about then asli.in is our website and we're by the same name on facebook instagram twitter anywhere fully active so basically i'm i'm a fairly social animal mm-hmm. you can find me by my name on most social sort of platforms including LinkedIn mm-hmm. and you can find Asli by the name of Asli.in again online anywhere
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Facebook Instagram Twitter the website right
3: that's and A-S-L-E-E e. right
1: a s l e dot in and uh, don't try S-L-I you will not find me <laughs> I don't know what that is Asli <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> Lee like Bruce Lee <laughs> um,
0: whoa yeah okay <laughs>
1: So yeah, I'm uh, I'm online. Uh, I'm on uh, Mumble, Tinder, Hinge, <laughs> uh, all of that stupid shit as well. <laughs> don't find find me there. Don't find me there. Uh, at least you'll have a fun conversation if nothing else. Uh-huh. So
0: right. Yeah. So now my last question. Mm. Uh what are the three things you want people to take away from this? Ah. Uh, Or one, or whatever.
1: Mm. It's important to be nice to yourself Mm -hmm. because that's the only way you'll be okay failing Mm -hmm. and will try more things. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's sort of the easiest way to grow and learn. Mm -hmm. So, it all kind of like... You know, it's all one big cycle and it ties into itself and the the part that's missing for most people and was missing for me for the longest time and still is to quite an extent is just go easy on yourself, man. It's fine. It's fine to fuck it up once in a while. Mm-hmm. Like my my whole sort of practice for 2020 is just going to be like living with this thing of what's the worst that can happen?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, uh-huh. literally, what is the worst that can happen? And if that if that's something you can live with Mm -hmm. and get by with and uh, you won't feel like dying, then maybe it's worth taking that chance once in a while. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're taking that chance on yourself. So, um, yeah, that. Be nice. Be nice to yourself. It's really hard. Uh, Trust me, I know. And uh, it's... I don't know if it's doable, quite honestly. I really don't. Mm-hmm. but it seems like good advice. My therapist approves it. <laughs> so, we might tried. have to bring a therapist on board. Yeah, Yeah. maybe. Maybe. Yeah, also I recently got told that uh, don't minimize everything that happens to you. So I feel uh-huh. like maybe that's important advice. Why am I... I'm turning this into like a... I think it's advice. No. Okay, uh, be nice to yourself. Consume consciously. Think about what you're consuming. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, Buy locally you don't haggle when you go to a Zara don't try not to haggle when you go to your local mandi mm-hmm. try not to I mean everyone everyone in the world is trying to overcharge you
2: mm-hmm.
1: but see where it's okay to let those 10-15 rupees go because you're supporting something that's local and sustainable and ethical mm-hmm. if it is I mean not to say that all the mandis are but <laughs> uh, they're f- trust me they're far more ethical than any like sort of big corporate brand you'll come across yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah i think those are my two key takeaways like just be more conscious of everything that you consume
3: mm-hmm. in terms
1: of information in terms of products in terms of any sort of anything in life that you're putting into like putting your head and effort into mm-hmm. just be conscious of what it's adding right to you and what it's taking away from mm-hmm. the world and uh, be kind be nice start with yourself and then work your way outwards other people can always deal with your nastiness much more easily than you can. <laughs> I've tried it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is Zoya approved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Zoe.
1: I'm this has been welcome. a wonderful it conversation. fun. I hope uh, most of it doesn't get edited. I also didn't give Gali, yeah. Hey, you, I'm you so proud suck, no? of it very like once.
4: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I'm so proud of myself. So much. Otherwise, I'm just like peppering conversations with, <laughs> with all like sorts of colorful, cuss words. colorful cuss words. <laughs> so uh, I've been spending time with family. It's showing. Ah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And no, none of this gets edited out.
1: Okay. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good.
0: Right. Thank you so much, folks, for joining in. If you have, if you haven't, uh, check out this podcast. If you've heard the first one. Um, with Vijay Singh you'll get an understanding of what we're trying to do here Um, thank you so much again to Zoya Vahi for being a guest here we're going to try and bring you more conversations from more people across uh, walks of life so uh, you can check us out on Spotify where we're on the SVTV Podcasts handle Uh, look for break the cycle and I'll see you next time thank you